Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. ...to the Marine All-Weather Fighter Attack Squadron crash near Air Base Miramar. That's just north of San Diego. Search and rescue teams recovered the aircraft, and the pilot who was on board, uh, we are told, is the only person who was on the plane. Right now, Marianne Williamson says she is polling higher than many of the Republicans who were on the debate stage this week. She joins Leland Vitter next with On Balance. Thanks so much for joining me this week. Elizabeth Vargas will be back Monday. Have a great weekend. program tonight all trump all the time former president trump donald trump trump donald trump i despise donald trump the advocacy media hates the former president but can't stop covering everything about him including his weight i also like the self-reporting of strawberry blonde hair i thought that was a nice flourish <laughs> flourish as well why trump might get the last laugh land grab growing alarm over who's buying thousands of acres encircling a strategic Air Force Base, new information on following the money trail, making his move. Who the heck is this skinny guy with a funny last name and what the heck is he doing in the middle of this debate stage? One debate down, one candidate up. Vivek Ramaswamy pulls away from the GOP pack, his plan to catch Trump. He was the OG of America first. I'm taking that to the next level with America first 2.0. The last hurrah. College football kicks off its final season as the sport we know it. Can we save Saturday on the gridiron from becoming the mini NFL? Welcome to the Ferris Show on television. Happy Friday. We have all made it. First tonight, country clapback. A few nights ago, we told you about the meteoric rise of Oliver Anthony. He's a former factory worker who wrote a song called The Rich Men North of Richmond, a working man's ballad. It talked about a lot of things, about real life in rural America. And with that song that he put on YouTube, he became the first artist in history to debut at number one on the Billboard Top 100. What the world's gotten to for people like me, people like you, wish I could just wake up and it not be true, but it is, oh it is, living in the new world. As we have told you for more than a year, the urban-rural divide in America transcends politics. Politics flows downstream of culture. We are divided politically because we are divided culturally. This week's Republican presidential debate on Fox News opened with a question about culture. Actually, it opened with a question about the song, Rich Men North of Richmond. The moderators played the song and asked the candidates to respond. Oliver says it's proof right and left-wing media don't understand the people he's singing to. But it was funny kind of seeing the response to it. Like, that song has nothing to do with Joe Biden, you know? 
It's a lot bigger than Joe Biden. That song is written about the people on the on that stage and a lot more too, not just them, but but definitely them. I do hate to see that song being weaponized. Like I see I see the right trying to characterize me as one of their own and I see the left trying to um, trying to discredit me. I guess in retaliation. All right, Oliver, welcome to the club. Jason Aldean is a member. Earlier this summer, the same people upset with Richmond north of Richmond didn't like Try That in a Small Town, Aldean's song about small-town citizens defending each other. Try that in a small town See how far you make it down the road Around here we take care of our own You cross that line It won't take long for you to find out The summer of 2023 will go down as the summer rule culture revolted, and not against or for one political party, but against the political class. Once again, Oliver Anthony. Well, you know, like, it was funny seeing my song in the, it was fun, it was funny seeing it at the presidential debate, because it's like, I wrote that song about those people. You know, so for them to have to sit there and listen to that, uh, that cracks me up. <laughs> I think the joke was missed by the presidential candidates, but they'll they'll find out soon enough. The left, of course, has tried to demonize him and the right's tried to embrace him. Both are missing the point. The rich men north of Richmond are here in Washington, D.C. We're 100 miles north of Richmond. They are Republican and Democrat. They have the values of urban America, of rich America. Rural America is just different, and they're fighting back. Kurt Bardella is here, who's been with us through the country music saga of 2023. It's pretty wild, sort of, how this yeah. music genre you and I both love mm-hmm. has, now, has now exploded. I was listening to Oliver Anthony just then, and it got me thinking that if the left's mad at you and the right's mad at you, you're probably doing something right. Oh, my God. I mean, listen, this is something where every single person in politics should watch that full interview. Hear what he has said. This is truly an artist who wrote a song that had no political designs, no political ambitions, not trying to be a puppet for either ideology, but just making the point that a lot of people in this country feel completely left behind by everybody here in Washington, no matter what party you believe in, no matter what ideology you subscribe to, people are being left behind. And they're being left behind by people who represent bigger cities bigger towns who don't think about what it's like oh. to be a working person in this country in a small town with a one-stoplight town. Or no stoplight town, or no stoplight county, like where I spent a lot of time when I, when I grew up. Look, we've seen this happen slowly and then very quickly, to quote Hemingway, over the past couple of years. But very quickly this summer, Jason Aldean's song went to number one on the Billboard charts, Oliver Anthony number one on the Billboard charts, Yellowstone, the movie, now all of a sudden, Yellowstone, the TV show, now the number one TV show in the country, Sound of Freedom, the number one movie in the box office. There's all these cultural touch points. You said that there's more people in urban America than there are in rural America. Is that really true, though? I think that in terms of just population density, yeah, yes, there is. But when you talk about, again, I think 
there's this, that's why what they call it the flyover states, right? right. It's, it's where all the coastal elites fly over these large swaths of geography, and they don't really think about them in their day-to-day life. And the political decision-making that's going on, the political calculus that goes on, they're not sitting there thinking, well, what is that coal miner in that small town thinking about? What's it like for that person to try to get health care? What's it like for that person to try to afford groceries at the grocery store, fill up their gas tank? That's what, what, what Oliver's singing about here. Those are the people that he's trying to give a voice right. to. All right. Not to make this too much about politics, but we have to a little bit. Aren't those the people that Donald Trump realized in 2015 and 2016 weren't being spoken to? Yeah. Oh, the the original slogan that I always thought that Democrats missed the boat on here was drain the swamp. That that might as well be the the precursor to this song, Richmond North of Richmond, because that's what he's talking about. He, He was talking about the people who genuinely feel that nobody in Washington on any ballot actually gives a damn about their life, their values, their way of life, their culture, their upbringing, their family, their lineage, their heritage. They feel like no one here even tries to understand what that feels like and looks like. Trump successfully tapped into that with Drain the Swamp. He got a beard away from that later on in life, and that's fine and well, but I think that, that the reason why Trump was so potent in the beginning was everybody who heard that slogan thought, yeah, I yeah, completely I mean, agree I can, with that. I, I can get on, on board with that. And sort of everybody who hears Oliver Anthony's song can get on board with it as well, even, even ex-urban or suburban, yeah. suburban folks uh, as well. But this goes to an issue that we've been talking a lot about on the program, which is this idea of the lack of the fundamental fairness in the American economy. People just don't feel things are fair anymore. Part of, part of what makes America great is that it is, it is fair. But if you think about... The, the urban-rural divide, rural values versus urban, urban values. It's something that Vivek Ramaswamy is trying to touch on. Now, whether he's gotten there or not, to be determined, we'll play what he's been saying. You tell us if it's as potent as drain the swamp. God is real. There are two genders. Fossil fuels are a requirement for human prosperity. Reverse racism is racism. An open border is not a border. Parents determine the education of their children. The nuclear family is the greatest form of governance known to man. Capitalism lifts us up from poverty. There are three branches of government, not four. And the U.S. Constitution, it is the strongest guarantor of freedom in human history. may not capture things perfectly, but if you take that and you pull those things in rural America... It does pretty well. Oh, absolutely it does. And this is one of those things where the messenger may not be the right one for that message, but that message absolutely resonates without right, well, question. Vivek Ramaswamy went to Harvard and Yale. Yeah. <laughs> but in the, same way, in the same way, Donald Trump went to Wharton as a New York liberal and a right. New York businessman, but he tapped into that. Well, but that's where that, the style of Trump. Trump has the style and he talks like the working man. It's also one of the things that way back in the day made Chris Christie such an appealing political figure was he just talked like a guy from Jersey. People could relate to that. Style matters in all of these things. The reason why some politicians catch on the others don't is because, well, yeah, this guy sounds like a guy that actually talks to working men who's actually had a conversation with their working man in this country. Some people don't really exude that. That's really what Ron DeSantis' problem is, in my opinion. He doesn't actually have that connection, that connective ability where people sitting across from go, oh, cares about, you cares about imagine what like my me. life is like. Like, they don't really have that. Cares about but I can tell you something, me. too. You know, I was, I was in Nashville on Wednesday at an award show that's going to air in a couple of weeks. Everybody in that award show, all the industry people, the artists, they are talking about this type of music, how it's connecting with people, and you're, you're going to see a lot more. I heard some demos of songs that are going to come out. You're going to hear a lot more songs tapping into this. 
Right, and now you're gonna, and now we're going to watch all the politicians try to trap into it, which will be which will which will be fun in and of itself. It's good to see you as always. Have a great weekend. For all the pearl clutching and hand wringing about Donald Trump skipping the Republican presidential debate, we haven't heard boo from the advocacy media on the left about Joe Biden refusing to debate. Yeah, yeah, of course he's the sitting president, but polling shows both Marianne Williamson and Robert F. Kennedy far ahead of many Republicans in their respective primary. RFK is at 13%. On the Republican side, that puts him ahead of everybody but Trump and DeSantis. Marianne Williamson polls at 9%. That's far above Pence, Haley, Scott, Christie, and the rest of the unlikely Republican candidates. Yet President Biden gets a pass. In fact, the Network Sunday shows won't even book RFK Jr. or Williamson. Chris Christie's at 3%. Of course, he gets invited on all the time. Nikki Haley, 4%, of course. But Marianne Williamson at 9% can't even get an interview, except here. We're glad that she is with us this evening. It's nice to see you, ma'am. We appreciate it. Uh, is the fix in? Well, if the DNC has their way, the fix is in. They don't call it a fix. Their narrative is, oh, this is just the tradition. We have an incumbent president, and so there are not debates. But the American, uh, the Democratic voters are not happy with this. The uh, majority of Democratic voters have said that they want to see debates, uh, just like the Republicans had the other night. The Republican electorate should see what their choices are, and so should the Democrats. So, unfortunately, right now, the DNC is saying that there will be no debates. But uh, you're not the only one mentioning that something's a little wrong with that and people are noticing. All right. uh, Polling, should Joe Biden step aside in 2024? Overall, 67 percent, no, 22 percent. Dems, yes, 56 percent, no, 33. Independents, 69 percent, no, 19 percent. Obviously a lot higher for um, Republicans. what what do you think it is that 56% of Democrats say that the sitting Democratic president should step aside, and yet the DNC that is supposed to represent Democrats, not supposed to represent the president, uh, doesn't seem fit to have a debate? Well, that's the problem, isn't it? The traditional role of the political party is to stand in the background, let the voters decide. It's called a democracy. It's called elections. The Democratic electorate should decide who the nominee will be. At that point, the DNC should come forward. And the fact that they're not, and as you said, there's a real disconnect there between the expressed uh, voices of the Democrats saying, hey, we want to see other uh, other voices, other choices. They should be making the decision. And then you have the DNC... You know, George Washington, when in his farewell address, warned us about political parties. He said that they could they could foster factions of men who were more concerned with their party than with their country. And this is a realization of his uh, of exactly what he warned us about. I mean, I am running as a Democrat. I have the traditional values of the Democratic Party. I think of myself as a Roosevelt Democrat. I want to see the Democratic Party return to its roots as the unequivocal advocate, uh, unabashed for the working people of the United States. But at this point, it's much like you were saying earlier. This isn't even about Democrat versus Republican. You were pointing that out. This is about a political class. This is not about left versus right. It's about powerful versus powerless. It's about those who represent forces of capital and the ways to more easily achieve capital Mm -hmm. versus those who are just struggling to get by. That's the new populism. It's expressing itself on both sides of the political aisle. And that's what uh, both major political parties are going to have to deal with. 
I'm stunned by by the media, especially on the left. We try to cover both sides fairly here. Um, the viewers can decide whether we do that or not, but we, we make an effort. Uh, others do not. But I'm surprised by the the group, the, the advocacy media on the left that makes no bones about them them being on the left, who talk so much about the importance of democracy and yet are unwilling to allow the democratic or encourage the democratic process to play out. I'm wondering if what you think would happen if hosts on MSNBC started calling for a real debate. I don't know if they keep their job. Listen, what Fox is to the GOP, uh, MSNBC and too often CNN have become to the DNC. That's just the way it is. And I think Americans are seeing it. And that's why other networks and independent media are becoming so popular with people. There's a distrust of the of the mainstream media, the corporate-owned mainstream media, because that's who these parties in their corporatist element represent. They represent corporate interests. Those corporate interests are not only the donors to our politicians, but they are the sponsors on these news shows. And basically, the two major political parties, they are themselves a corporate interest. It's not just that they chop wood and carry water for the corporations. They are giant corporations, and that the American people are starting to see. You know, I don't care if you're rural or you're urban, if you're right or you're left, where everybody's being screwed by the same people. If they are in jobs, if they are in lives where they have to work more than one job, they don't have you, they don't have health care, they can't send their kids to college. They don't even uh, live, some of many people living less than $15 an hour. One third of America's workforce works on less than $15 an hour. Half of them cannot find a place to live. Less than uh, half of our seniors living at $25,000 and less a year. One in four Americans living with medical debt. This is not about right versus left, but it is about no, a political class that, that represents interests that are not really advocating for the American people. Right. It, it, it's sort of about fair and unfair at this point. Um, it's about the ultra-rich and, and I agree everybody with else. that. That's a very good way of putting it. Um, Thank you. Well, feel free to steal it. Um, I, uh, I, I, wonder, I wonder, though, what's happening with um, what's happening right now with Donald Trump in, in your take on this, because it, it would appear as though a lot of folks on the left, and, and you're a Democrat, so I don't have a problem asking you about this, a lot of folks on the left view him as this existential threat but can't stop talking about him. Take a listen. Back, oh, here we go. Keep going, Red. So what we're just going to be monitoring his remarks okay, and bringing to you. And by the way, uh, he commented uh, on the tarmac. He continued to make dishonest claims about the election. Uh, we're not going to play it. Uh, it's not worth hearing. You've heard them all uh, before. Um, not many of the claims, just not true. It's a self-reporting. <laughs> but it's it a self-reporting. Yeah. yeah. So he's lost 25 pounds since he was president, is, is what we're understanding. I don't believe he actually was weighed. We're told that um, that his staff filled out that form in advance, which is why he's listed at yeah. a height of 6'3", 215, which probably hasn't been since, uh, since the Wharton School of Finance. So the president there... I'm not sure if we're going to see him at a combine, but the, he lines right right up with them, right up with Height those people. And, and but let me tell Come you. Come on now, does anybody believe he weighs two fifteen? I'll go first. No, no. One, no. I've stood next to him many times. I'm about six four. Maybe he's six one. How does that? How does that? How does strawberry end up on a? Well, that's a, good, that's a good question. Not not something I would. Strawberry blonde. 
I, okay, I've never seen strawberry as an option on any on any form. Actually, I also like the self-reporting of strawberry blonde hair. I thought that was a nice flourish. <laughs> flourish as well instead, instead of just a saying blonde. Strawberry blonde. Yeah. Wildly, wildly off. Why, why do you think they have so much time to talk about Donald Trump's weight and hair and no time, evidently, to interview you? Well, why they're not interviewing uh, me, you and I have already covered. It's because I'm challenging their corporate bottom line. The corporate bottom line set is a governing principle which says that short-term profits for huge corporate interests should come before the health and safety and well-being of the American people, that economic values should come before humanitarian and democratic values. I'm challenging that. And so they are chopping wood and carrying water for those who don't want to hear that. They have a predetermined conversation, a predetermined set of people that they think we should all consider qualified to effectuate the necessary changes. And so everyone can see this is why they don't want to have debates. This is why their preferred news channels that they basically just dictate to aren't having someone like me on. Now, as far as the president is concerned, I'm old enough to remember Watergate, and I assure you that's all anybody was talking about at that time, too. I mean, this is a huge story, obviously. But I think that no matter whether we are Democrats or Republicans, we should remember that the judiciary must be kept separate from politics. And so all of our all of our chatter, whether it's about Trump's hair, whether it's about I can almost yeah, I, I can almost imagine there's probably some Republican candidates who feel a little bit the way you do. Um, and that is sort of the fix is in because of how much coverage one candidate gets versus they do. Uh, as we pointed out, you're at 9 percent. There's a lot of Republicans who are below that um, who'd, who'd certainly like to, to, to get some visibility. It's good to see you, Marianne, as always. Thank you. Uh, Thank we'll have you, you back Thank for you sure. So much. Um, yeah, we'll definitely have you back. College football it. kicks off this weekend, quite literally. This might be the last season of the sport as we know it, which would be sad, especially for an Alabama fan like myself. The typical conferences that brought America's great rivalries, the the Big Ten and the SEC, well, they're going to all realign. For example, the USC Trojans play tomorrow night in their last season in the Pac-10, the Pacific 10. They're jumping to the Big Ten. So Los Angeles schools, USC and UCLA and Oregon and Washington, are coming to the Midwest. Well, the answer's simple. Why? They're following the money. Players are cashing in, too. Lucrative NIL deals, name, image, and likeness contracts that now pay those players millions of dollars to play. And also now, another big change is called the transfer portal. All players can now leave one school for a higher bidder. In other words, college football on Saturday is sadly going to look a lot like and sound and feel a lot like pro football on Sunday. Garrett Bush, host of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, is with us. Uh, I'm a huge college football fan. I know you are as well. Why is this so bad? Well, it all depends on where, where you look at it from a, a strategic standpoint. For the corporations who usually put the money into the game, uh, the bowl games are named after the corporations and the companies that put the money behind. Um, for the players, um, they get money, and players are, are you mentioned NIL, you mentioned um, people going to different places and actually getting paid for the first time, and the coaches have always gotten paid. So it, it, it seems like the only people that are left out 
are the traditionalists, the people who grew up on Saturdays and love their regional matchups like yourself. Uh, you know, Alabama, we all understand what the Iron Bowl is. And US, UC, USC versus UCLA uh, and Ohio State versus Michigan. Those are the things that traditional fans and, and people in the Midwest grew up on. Sadly, those things are going to change, and it's because of the almighty dollar. All right. Who, aside from the TV networks, who obviously are, are in on this because they're the ones paying so much for all of these contracts, um, once you start paying high school kids, and we had that graphic up of, of how much some of these players are making and being offered even before they get to college in these uh, endorsement deals, uh, a backdoor way, really, of the schools paying them. Once you start paying the players, doesn't this become no different than, the, than you know, minor league baseball? Well, I would argue that it's always been like this. Um, I went to Ohio University. They're going to play a game this weekend. Um, shout out to uh, OU Bobcats. That, to me, is your minor league system. Um, going to a Mac school, you know what you're up for. You go to school. You are really essentially the student athlete because you're expected to go to class and have high academic standards, and you don't have a really big chance of going to the NFL. But by the time you get to the Texas, the Oklahomas, Alabamas, Ohio State, USC's, some of those big, huge programs, your goal is to go out there and win football games. Your coach is, is out there to win national championships. And it is a big-time business. It is yeah. it is a huge business when you get to that level. I think a lot of guys understood that uh, from the beginning. It's just now open and, and, and more of an open thing now because you can't have NIL. Yeah, well, and to be fair, look, there's a lot of people who are being able to cash in. There's a lot of young women athletes who never were able to cash in as, as college athletes. Now we're making money. So there there is the other side of it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a Michigan fan. I can't give you any Ohio State love, but hey, oh, there you go. Garrett, I, like I, I know. You, I, you know, we were going to be friends, but there's chance, there's, it's a long season. There's still chances. We'll see you soon. Good to see you, Garrett. Uh, coming up, the small town of Green Charter Township, Michigan, tried to stand up to China. We're going to introduce you to the Chinese dirty tricks that are being used. Ramaswamy on the rise. New polling shows the 38-year-old firebrand with big momentum after the debate, do Republicans want Trump or a more radical version of Trump? He was the OG of America First. I'm taking that to the next level with America First 2.0. About the tens of thousands of acres, some mystery buyers scooped up around a critical California Air Force base. Some thought the Chinese might be involved, but tonight we finally have some answers. And what we are learning is kind of creepier than the Chinese. An obscure company called Flannery Associates is behind the land buys near Travis Air Force Base. So far, they have spent nearly $1 billion in the last five years. Now, three sides of Travis Air Force